All right. Well, we want to. I want to talk about uh, generosity. Our second week, and uh, we've been looking a little bit about what Scripture says about the importance of generosity. And I think that uh, character is such an important part of who we are as people. I know you would agree with that. And I think that that our character displays to the world the kind of person that we are. And as we look at the models and the role models of the world all around us, we have so many people from which to choose about how we want to be with regard to our character. But as Christians, we wanna focus on the one of the greatest character, don't we? And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. I love what the Apostle Paul says as he writes about the character of Jesus and as he talks about character in the form of the Lord's attitude. And listen to me as I read Paul's words here in his letter to the Church of Philippi. He says, think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of the status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity, and he took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a, look at the words I've underlined, selfless, obedient life. Selfless and obedient. You know, this is uh, probably the, the greatest testament that you and I have in all of Scripture about the character of God. And we see that through the flesh, through the incarnation of God in the flesh of Jesus Christ. And I think if we think about these words, selfless, obedient, emptying self, do not think of ourselves more, more powerful or more better than anyone else, I think if we think about those words, it's very easy and quick for us to see that that is totally opposite of what the world says to us. The world tells us, be all that you can be, I'm not borrowing the army phrase, but, but be all that you can possibly be in the earth, you know, collect, do all those things, and, and it doesn't matter who gets left behind, as long as you succeed. But we learned with Paul's words that Jesus did something different, that he had nothing, emptied himself, and became selfless and obedient, and the scripture says, even obedient upon a cross. Humility and obedience are two of the words that, that, that really make our souls chafe a bit. I think that most of us probably struggle with those two words, humility and obedience. I think that, that inwardly, that's probably one of those wrestling matches. Uh, maybe that's the thorn that we have in our own heart that we, that we aren't sure how to reconcile. We chafe with humility and we chafe with obedience. I mean, there's so many things in the world that we're supposed to be obedient to. We wanna be good uh, suppliers so we're obedient to home budgets. We wanna um, be good in our, in our work vocation so we wanna be obedient to our supervisors. We even give the pledge of obedience to our spouse, spouse. And men, when you get married, those two words that hold you in humblest obedience to your spouse is, yes, dear. And, and so, so we remain obedient in, in all of these things. But when I read the scriptures, I, I see that very clearly that there is a, a lot to be said about how you and I are to be generous people. Jesus summed it up into to two small sentences that have probably the greatest impact of anything else that he said. And here's what he said. He said, love the Lord God with all of your heart, all of your mind, soul, and strength. And then he said the second sentence, love your neighbor as yourself. So in those two sentences, we find out the greatest commandment of what it means to empty ourselves 
and to be a person of generosity and, and of love. Jesus came into the world to serve. In fact, we know that as he's walking along that two of the disciples begin an argument and they begin kind of wrestling, so to speak, in their words and, and in their presence around the Lord. Who is gonna be the greatest? Which one of us will be more valuable than the other? Who will everybody remember uh, of the two of us, Lord? And Jesus reminded them and said, wait a minute, it's not about that at all. In fact, it's more about how you will serve because the greatest is the one who becomes the least, and the least is the one who becomes slave of all. So here's the central truth this morning. God blesses us so that we can bless others. God doesn't just bless us so that, so that we can just have what we have, but God blesses us for a purpose, so that we can bless others. All of us have been given something, and whether it's our time, whether it's our talent, whether it's our treasure, we've been given something that God says use that as a way and a means of generosity. And we need to use that by passing the blessings onto others. Henry Drummond writes this, he says, he says, you'll find as you look back on life that the moments that stand out are the moments when you have done other things for other people. That the things that stand out in life are when you have done things for other people. In Matthew 25, we, we begin to engage in a story, and Jesus is talking to us uh, um, uh, kind of in a, um, a, a literal sense, but also in a narrative sense. And, and he begins to share the story, and he says that, that we need to humble ourselves as we think about how we will care for others and how we will serve. In fact, he says this is an essence of how it means to be a person who is a servant. He says, on one side will be sheep. And he said, the sheep are the ones who hear the voice of the shepherd and the sheep are the ones who, who go out and are the arms and legs and basically do the kingdom work. He says, on the left will be the goats. The goats will be the ones that, that sit around and, and are just waiting for others to do for them. That the goats are the ones that see things that are happening and the goats are the ones that really aren't the ones who respond. And Jesus leads us into this understanding of, shall we be a sheep or shall we be a goat? So listen to what Matthew writes. Matthew says this as, as Jesus records. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. You know, Jesus is saying it's the simple means of service. When I'm sick, you tended to me. When I was in prison, you visited me. When I was hungry, you fed me. When I needed something, you were there. And, and it brings us into focus about what generosity means through the act of serving. These acts that Jesus is talking about, they don't, they don't depend upon social status. They don't depend upon um, educational hierarchy. They don't depend upon what neighborhood we might or might not live in. These things are exactly what he says as far as letting ourselves serve Christ in the way in which we are. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, said that everybody can be great because anybody can serve. He said, you don't have to be a college, you don't have to have a college degree to serve. You don't have to make your, your subject and verb agree to serve. You don't have to know Plato and Aristotle. You don't have to know the Einstein's theory of relativity. You don't have to know the second theory of thermodynamics and physics. You only need a heart full of grace, a soul generated to love. 
And this is exactly what, what the Lord is saying to us, that, that when you and I become disciples, when we surrender our lives to Christ, when we say, I'm a Christian, and I believe that Jesus is the way, and that God so loved me that Jesus went on to the cross to die, that therefore God has claimed me. And that then transforms us, as the biblical language would say, that we become what's called a new creation, that we die to our old self, and become something new. And that newness means that we become a person of generosity and that we serve rather than calling and asking others to serve us. Let's continue with the story in Matthew 25. The righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or, or needing clothes to clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. And then he will say to those on the left, these are now the goats, the ones who wait to be served, the ones who see the need and don't engage to serve. He says to the ones on the left, depart from me, for you are cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick in prison? And when did we not help you? This translates into modern day language of, I used to serve, but now it's someone else's time to do it. Or I can't serve because, and we fill in the blanks. So we find ourselves right in the midst of this writing. He says, he will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go forward and away to eternal punishment, but the righteous will receive eternal life. An unusual part of this judgment um, uh, scene is the way that those on the left hand try to excuse themselves out of innocence. Well, we didn't know that there was a need, but yet we know that there was a need. There were people who were hungry. There were people that were sick. There were people in need of clothes. There were people in need of being served. And the king's response was, whatever you did not do for them is what you have also done to me. So it's, it's, not, it's not as much the wrongdoing that, that evokes the severest censure in this scripture, but it's the other failure to serve. It's not that they tried and failed to serve, it's that they chose not to serve. It's not as if they, they were trying their best to help and, and doing whatever that they could, but, but were stretched in their time commitment, but they fit things in. It wasn't that at all. It was that they saw the need they knew there was a need, and for whatever reason, they justified in their mind why they could not serve God, why they could not do the kingdom's work. And we see the importance of what this story says. A.W. Tozer, he writes this. He says, before the judgment seat of Christ, my service will be judged not by how much I've done, but how much I could have done. In God's sight, my giving is measured not by how much I have given, but how much I have left after I have made my gift. Not by its size is my gift judged, but how much of me there is in the gift. No man gives at all until he has given all. 
No man gives anything acceptable to God until he has first given himself in love and in sacrifice. So this is the important thing. This is kind of where, where James talks to us about faith without works is dead. And James says that, that we can't just proclaim that we have faith. We can't just say, yeah, I'm a servant of Christ. Yeah, I know what Paul said about emptying self and, 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 and not being you know, lifted up by others. And, and yes, I saw Jesus with a towel in John 13, but, but yet we choose not to. So serving God is a key to who we are as disciples. And giving of our hearts and hands in the work of God is what makes the kingdom come alive. What is Jesus most interested in this story? In Matthew 25, if we were to say, what is it that, that the Lord is most interested in with the words of the examples of why he talked about the sheep and the goats? Because he's not interested in half of us. He's not interested in just our treasures of money. He's interested in the whole self. He wants us to be generous, not only with our monies, but with our time. He wants us to be generous with our talents. He wants us to be generous in our service. And he wants us to give of our whole self to his work. In his book, The Cost of Discipleship, Dietrich Bonhoeffer writes these words. He says, the bearers of Jesus's word receive a final promise for their work. They are now Christ's fellow workers and will be like him in all things. Thus, they are to meet those to whom they are sent as if they were Christ himself. They are bearers of his presence. They will bring with them the most precious gift in the world, the gift of Jesus Christ. Jesus's choice of discipleship is to be done through the life of the local church. Everything that we see is built upon the community of faith. It's built upon the believers. From what we read in Acts chapter two, even in the Old Testament, as people were brought together in community, we know that God chooses to do his work through the community of believers and through the fellowship of believers. And we see the significance that comes with that. There are so many things that have been made known to us. And the question is, will we act? I love what the Apostle Paul writes in his first letter to the church in Corinth. We looked at a little bit of this letter, of this piece of scripture last week. We're gonna look at the middle part this week and next week we're gonna look at the end. And here's what he says in 1 Corinthians 16, nine. He says, I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door of effective work has opened to me. You know what that is? Paul says that while I was there, I realized that God's work needed to be done. I realized that there was needs, that there was a purpose, that it wasn't just for me to go and visit and, and encourage and to socialize, but that the kingdom's work never ends. And Paul readies himself in all occasions to be available to do just that, to avail himself to be a worker for God. Last week, we, we started this series, A, a Generous Life, and, and two weeks before that, I sent you a letter, and, and inside of that letter was, was this yellow card, and if you did not get one of these, they're in the pews right in front of you in the seat covers, and we want to be thinking about how we will use our generosity for this coming year. How will you invest in the ministries of St. Paul United Methodist Church? I included in that our ministry uh, impact report of 2019. That wasn't a report to, to pat us on the back. What it was doing is, is showing us the fruit. It's showing the fruit that we give God the glory 
and the praise of all things. This week, our focus is on, on how will we serve? How will we be the arms and legs? And that's what today is about. That's why you saw this video that we just showed. And it's just a glimpse, just 400 of probably a million pictures that you're able to see about how so many of you serve Christ here through this local church. So let me ask you a question this morning. If you're serving, serve well. If you're not serving, let me challenge you this morning. What will it take for you to serve? What is it that brings passion to you? How can you connect that passion? How can we help you connect that passion in the work of Jesus Christ? We all should serve, and we all should be a part of the body of Christ. If you serve in some capacity here at the church, if you sing in our music ministry or play in our music ministry, if you're part of our discipleship ministry, you lead a class, small group, if you're part of our leadership teams, if you're part of our um, age level ministries, children, students, and adults, if you have some kind of leadership role, if you're uh, like a trustee or staff parish or finance person or, or church council, whatever capacity you serve, I'd like you to stand for a second. If you serve in some capacity at this church, would you stand? Amen. You know, what I want you to see is, is not only that we want to give thanks to God for those who stood, but I want us to also ask ourselves, what will it take for us to stand? How can I be the arms and legs of Jesus Christ? How can I serve God in some capacity. And that's where we want to be in this season of generosity. That's where we want to be as we, as we move ahead. So after our 10.30 worship today, about 11.45 here in the courtyard, right out these doors, those of you that have served in some capacity, we want you to come and we wanna honor you. We want to um, give you a, a meal. We want to love on you. I and the staff, we're, we're gonna serve you because you do so much to serve uh, the ministries that we're a part of and lead. But thank you. And for those of you that are wondering, how can I serve, just ask. It's just two words, just ask. And we can help you find the way in which you can come and serve. Paul says, I, I'm going to stay because there's work to be done. Friends, there's work to be done. And with all of us together as one community, the body of Christ, we can achieve the mission of Christ that together we are bound as one, that we are better together, and you have a place here, and you belong at St. Paul United Methodist Church. Amen?